Welcome to Mindful Mostly. What's going on? This is a show for those of us who are mindful most of the time. We talk about wellness, entrepreneurship, goals, living our best lives. You know how it is. I'm Andrea Collins. I want to give a shout out to a shout outer on Instagram at kim.b.fit. She was listening to Mindful Mostly, eating a bowl of berries in her kitchen, possibly pantsless, which we're down with here at Mindful Mostly. Thanks for the shout out, Kim. If you want to do the same, I am shouting out a shouting outer every single episode here on Mindful Mostly. How's it going? How's your summer going? I can tell you that mine has been hot and sweaty. Yeah, over seven months pregnant now. I biked to a coffee shop to do some work the other day and it didn't have air conditioning, so I sat down and then had to bike home. (laughs) It's so hot. Oh man, which is why it's been so nice having all these nice, cool little outfits from today's show sponsor, which is Sprout Collection. So Sprout Collection is a new alternative for expecting moms to be in Canada that allows you to rent your dream maternity wardrobe. Honestly, it's been awesome. Every single month, I choose four items. They're sent to me a couple days later. I wear them for the month. And so it was great because we had a baby shower not long ago. So I had this pretty dress. I was at a conference. I had a dress for that. You know, it's, it's really, really an awesome service. So they ship it to you, you wear it for the month. And then at the end of the month, you stick it back in the box. You send it back, it goes into dry cleaning, and you choose your next four options. It's pretty sweet that maternity wear is rentable like this because it's the kind of stuff that you're only going to wear for a while. And the really nice stuff, which is what they do have on Sprout Collection, isn't cheap if you're going to go out and buy it. So that's what's so cool because uh, Sprout Collection has like Seraphine, Soon Maternity, Hatch, and then they also have non-maternity brands like Rachel Pally, Faithful the Brand, that have been bump tested. So they may not be classic maternity wear, but um, you can wear them as a pregnant lady. They figured that out. Yeah, so check them out at SproutCollection.com. Follow them on Instagram at The Sprout Collection. And for a limited time, Sprout is running an exclusive summer promotion. Gives you $15 off your first box with them. Visit their website, register, and check it out. And use the code 15 off. Plus, I'm hearing in the fall, they're going to be launching a non-maternity collection, which I'm telling you, now that I'm doing this clothing rental... Oh, excuse me. Now that I'm doing this, I'm hooked. Okay, so on today's show, it's a topic and a person I am both equally obsessed with. Gemma Bonham Carter is on the show, and she is an online business coach who helps people build thriving, profitable businesses online. She's the founder and CEO of The Passive Project and Launch Your Shop. And she's all about creating your dream business to support your dream life. In other words, not running yourself ragged in your business, just creating a business that runs itself. She's going to tell us about how you can do just that today. I have been dabbling in these waters before the baby comes and it's so interesting. 
it's and it's so true. So many people are doing so well at this. So I wanted to talk about passive income today. And Gemma is just the woman to do it. And yes, her cousin is Elena Bonham Carter, which when I met Gemma, I was like, why does your last name sound so familiar to me? And she was like, oh, my cousin's Elena. Yes, the super duper famous actress to which I was like, well, we need to do an entire episode about that. She was an Edward Scissorhands for God's sakes. Okay, let's get into our chat with Gemma. Gemma is on the podcast. Hi, Gemma. Hey, excited to be here. I'm really excited about this one. I have been looking forward to this ever since I met you, even before I met you. Um, I just, I really admire the life you've created for yourself and sort of the business you've created for yourself, which has a lot to do with passive income. We're going to get into a whole bunch of things, like how your life has changed since you started that, um, a bit of like how you've probably eased off of your phone in your new life. Um, But first, what is passive income? How would you describe it to people? Sure. So passive income is any kind of income source that can come in to your business without being tied to time. That's how I view it. So instead of trading, you know, hours for dollars in like we do in a typical service-based business with passive income, you can create something once and sell it over and over and over again and kind of have this really scalable income stream for yourself and your business. Now, obviously there are lots of other ways to think of passive income. I think probably people in real estate would think about passive income in terms of owning a rental property and have income coming in through that way. There's, you know, there, there's affiliate income, which is passive. I like to talk about passive income as it relates specifically to digital products, which we'll get into more, I think probably in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty obsessed with, um, what passive income can do as for you as an entrepreneur. Okay. So if we're talking about digital products, what are some examples of digital products that people could get into to take advantage of passive income? Right. So I think that we tend to, I think at least in my space, we tend to see a lot of people selling digital products as they relate to growing a business. So we see a lot of online courses or membership communities that tackle different topics around how to grow a business online, but it can be so, it can go so much further than that. There are people selling amazing digital products. So whether it's an online course, it's a membership community, it's digital downloads, printables, presets, templates, anything like that related to any subject matter. So I know, for instance, a woman who has a business and she sells a digital, I think she sells both a course and digital templates and and downloadable materials related to teaching your kids how to read. And so lots of parents turn to her for advice around how to teach their, you know, four, five, six, seven-year-olds how to learn to read. And she sells digital products to help them with that. I know somebody who runs a membership teaching guitar. So if you want to learn how to play guitar and he has thousands of people inside of his membership community. And so it, you know, it can really go beyond, there's definitely, if you are an expert in teaching something related to business, teach that, but it doesn't have to be confined to that. It can really be anything you can teach 
can be turned into a digital product. Right. Like let's say you've had success um, in some sort of diet or, you know, you could say like how to achieve keto, blah, blah, blah in, in two months or- A thousand percent. You know, um, knitting or like there's so many niche things you can get into that don't necessarily have to do with business. They could just have to be with a hobby that you have that you're really good at and you want to share your passion. Absolutely. There's a, uh, a woman in my own membership community who has her own membership around crochet. And she, you know, she built up a huge following of people who love her crochet patterns. And so she developed a membership out of that. So it's really, it can really take a hobby business and turn it into something very profitable and scalable. Now, how do you though? Okay. So let's say you know what your expertise is, you know what you want to create, but then how do you get the people to come to you? Right. So there's a bit of like a, a science to that. So it, for I, I'm a big proponent of email marketing and there are lots of people out there who talk about how to grow your social media platforms. And I think there's space for all of that, but the most sort of foundational piece of your business, the thing that's going to be like that golden ticket for you to make sales is to be building an email list because it's yours. You own it. It's a direct line of communication with these like VIP people in your circle, in your community that you can nurture, ask questions, develop that trust, and then sell your product to. So there are lots of things you can be doing to build your email list and you can use all of those social media platforms to drive people to your email list. And without going too far down this path, the basic thing you want to do is create some kind of incredible freebie. People might call it an opt-in, a lead magnet. There's lots of different jargon you can use, but it's essentially a free thing of value that relates to your paid product. So make sure it's directly connected to what you want to sell to that person eventually and make it so good that it's like a no brainer. Like people are going to feel like, Oh, I have to get that. Don't make it. Don't spend 10 minutes on this thing and make it like a bit. And you know, probably not many people are going to opt in. If you create something that is going to save people time, money, it's going to make life easier for them in some way, make it like an, oh my God, I can't believe she's giving that away for free type of lead magnet and you will get people on your email list. What's an example of a really good lead magnet versus a not so good lead magnet? Okay. So that's a great question. Um, okay. I can speak from my own like personal experience. So I created a lead magnet for my own membership, the Passive Project Membership, which teaches digital entrepreneurs how to make more sales of the digital products. And I created, the first thing I created was a roadmap. And I thought it was good. Like I had sort of steps of um, how somebody would uh, sort of create an email funnel and grow their list and grow their sales. But what was missing from that roadmap was it wasn't, I called it the passive project roadmap. I mean, there was probably messaging issues in there too, because the direct result and tangible benefit was not clear enough from just this roadmap. It wasn't, people weren't very excited about it. I flipped things a little bit and created something called my sales on autopilot funnel blueprints, 
which is literally, you can see the email funnels in blueprint format. They're kind of maps. So somebody could take that and create their first email funnel extremely easily because I'm laying it out for them in a blueprint. And that has converted so much better because the t there's a tangible result to that. I'm saving them so much time of going down the rabbit hole of Googling, okay, what email do I send when, how do I create a funnel, all of that. And I'm putting it into a very easy to digest format with these blueprints. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So a bit about your life. You have two kids, you have a husband, you live in Ottawa, you, how did your business, I should say, how has your business evolved? Like, I know that you were um, a maker, right? Like, and, and, and you're also a blogger. And so you would do a lot of sponsorships with brands. Mm -hmm. I've done all the things. <laughs> <laughs> I've like gone on a big path to where I am today. So I definitely, I started as a lifestyle blogger. It was a hundred percent a hobby. I did not approach it as a business at all. Go back to those early posts and it's like horrifying um, how embarrassingly <laughs> bad they were, but you all, you start somewhere. So I started with this blog. As you said, I, I ended up becoming a maker. I was really crafty. My blog was about home decor and DIY projects and renovations. Uh, so I followed that stream. I did markets, um, selling my products. I sold on Etsy. And I definitely did work with brands in that sort of sponsorship model. But what I didn't like about working with brands or um, even doing the markets and that kind of thing was it was always trading time for dollars. And I couldn't see how I could scale this very easily. And working with brands, it just never felt, I don't know, for me, some people are great at it. For me, it just wasn't my, it wasn't what I loved to do. So I ended up like, I'm not going to take you on my entire journey, but I ended up um, changing the business model of that blog a little bit to selling. I still sold products, but I used print on demand manufacturing dropshipping, which is like the most passive way possible to sell a line of physical products. Cause you don't do any packaging, shipping, you don't hold inventory, any of that. I did that. I did affiliate marketing with that blog and I continued to do display ads, which is where ads are running on my site. So I had these three kind of main monetization channels, which were all passive. So I, you know, I really turned this into a very passive business for myself and then started getting a lot of questions from other bloggers about how I had done that. And that sort of led me to my second business as a business strategist and coach which has blossomed into this whole other thing at gemmabottomcarter.com, which is now where I help other people do like grow their businesses and monetize in new ways and utilize email marketing more effectively for themselves. Right. So then what does your life look like now compared to then? Uh, it's a very, it looks very different. So, <laughs> you know, I just, now that I have launched. So my gemmabottomcarter.com business is my main focus these days. And I have monetized that business with digital products and some affiliate marketing. And the income is so much more stable for me now than it ever was before because I've set up these effective email funnels and sales systems that can kind of run on autopilot. And so I can feel fairly confident in knowing what my income is going to be month over month 
because I have this system in place. And so my life just looks really different. I, you know, I have two kids. It's been a game changer for me to be able to be at home with them, have that flexibility, do all the drop-offs and pickups myself. You know, I wanted both. I wanted to be able to be home more with my kids and have a career that I felt passionate about. And this has allowed me to be able to do that. That's so great. I feel like you figured out the model. We're all just, I don't know that I've like, you know, (laughs) figured it out, but I feel, I feel really good about where I am today. And there's still so much learning to do in places like things to, to grow and more to do, which is exciting. Now, like when it comes to determining niche, how did you figure out who you should speak to? Was it because of the questions that you had coming at you on a regular basis? And, and then how did you determine if you should speak to men or women? Like I would worry that if I was offering something that is unisex, you know, every person could take advantage of it. Um, I would worry that I'd be alienating some people if I chose women or men and not both. How does that work? So just back to the first part of your question about niche. So I think there's two distinctions you can make. And let me be clear, I did not do this correctly in the beginning. I still struggle with niche. I think it's something that we all continually need to check in with because we can want to provide all the things for all the people because we all have varied interests, right? So, and I think if you're kind of like a natural entrepreneur, you tend to have squirrel brain or like shiny object syndrome where you're like, Ooh, that looks cool. Like I should teach about that too. Or that, you know, I I could help people with this too. And you want to do all the things. And it's very hard to rein in your focus. So there are two things that I like to talk about when we talk about niche. One is to be audience niched. So that means you're helping a very specific group of people. The other is to be topic niched. So that, that's where you're honing in on a specific topic, but it can apply to lots of different people. So f- to your point earlier about the keto, if you were offering some sort of online course about keto diets, that would be a topic niched focus. Your topic is the keto diet and you can be, that could be relevant to men, women, different age groups, different you know, all kinds of different backgrounds, whatever, as opposed to being audience niched where you might be helping a very specific set of people, but with a few different topics. Does that make sense? Yeah. So which one is more effective? They can both be effective. I think it's about your messaging and how well you present the transformation that you're offering to your reader. And to your point about uh, men, like alienating men. I think that's just a personal decision you need to make about your own product and your own business. If you know that your topic is going to resonate so much more strongly, if you have a, a feminine slant on things, that's okay. It doesn't mean that men can't purchase it and still be involved in it. It just means that your marketing may have a slightly more feminine lens. That's all. Right. Yeah. I find that I just naturally alienate men. (laughs) I I mean, I do too. Like, you know, whether it's the wording I use, the colors I use, the imagery I use in my sales page and in my emails, like the 
you know, the gifts that I put in my emails, like <laughs> everything is going to be, it's going to resonate more strongly with women and, and that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's about infusing your brand and personality everywhere you can and not worrying too much about it. So if this sounds good to you and you're starting to think about, okay, I'm going to make an, a digital product. I'm going to make a course. Let's just throw out some names of uh, sites that people should go to, to where they can start to build it. I think there's Teachable. Yeah. So there's tons of software platforms out there. There's Teachable, there's Kajabi, which is an all-in-one type platform. Uh, the, the platform that I actually use and love is called Teachery. Um, and they, it's run by a, hus a husband and wife team out of California called Jason and Caroline Zook. And it's a smaller player in the field, but they are just lovely people and they've built a great platform and I have used them for years and, and love it. So Teachery is, is definitely an option. Um, if you, you can use any of these platforms for making both online courses and memberships. If you're wanting to sell digital downloads or templates, then you might want to use something like SendOwl or Gumroad are two different software options where you can, it has a checkout page and then it automatically delivers the product to your customer. So if it's a PDF or a zip file of something, it makes it really easy and hands off. Uh, there, yeah, tons of options out there for sure. And then when, it, then you also need to add the piece of the email marketing and then you need to use a different program for that. So yes. convert kit would be one. I would recommend if you're selling digital products, I recommend convert kit. They're very easy to understand. They make building funnels really easy. It's all visual. So you can kind of really have that map in front of you and then just fill in the pieces and they're pretty reasonably priced. You know, the monthly um, fee is not insanely high. So when you're just getting started, you really don't want to, you, I always try and recommend keeping your tech as lean as possible. So don't go overboard thinking you need all the tech to begin with. Just get the basics in there, an email service provider and a host for your content, which is, you know, like teachable teachery, Kajabi, that kind of thing. And that's really all you need. Oh, another option for the online course is I haven't used this, but it's called Podia. And I was just hearing from some students of mine who are using it and liking it. So okay, cool. compare all those options. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, okay, so once you've, you've done your course, you can link it to your Instagram bio link, or you can, you know, link it to the email funnel. This, this is where it can start to sound overwhelming. And then you have your opt-in to get people into the email funnel. I know this is where it starts. Yes. It starts to feel overwhelming and like too much, but this is where these maps and these blueprints really come in handy because it helps you visualize that path that you want your potential customer to take. So let's say they find you on Instagram, they're engaging with you on Instagram. That link in your profile should lead to some kind of freebie that's going to get them in the doors of your email list. Once they're on your email list, that is where you are nurturing them with emails, whether you have an email funnel set up or you're just getting them through the door with that lead magnet for a while and just sending out, say, weekly newsletters, that's fine too. Tackle one thing at a time. Get your, get your funnel going eventually. Make sales. You know, there's a kind of like a system to how that all works. And that's really what I like to dissect inside of the membership, inside of the Passive Project membership. But it's not as hard as it feels. It's just really a puzzle with pieces that need to be put into the right order. 
and I give you that order and tell you like how to do each thing in each one. And then what I love about it is that it's just a constant, you know, testing, tweaking, and visibility game. It's just about getting yourself out there, getting in front of more people and welcoming more people through the door onto your email list. And then just testing things to make sure that, you know, that funnel or that sales page or whatever it is, is converting. And it's just a continual right. improvement process. So the biggest chunk of work is going to be at the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it's tweaking, then it's perfecting, and then, and then it's sitting back for a while, not sitting back, but then, it, you know, then it's going, okay, what do I want to create next? How do I yeah, want to grow? Or even, I think sometimes people hop to creating the next thing almost too soon when they haven't gotten enough visibility on the thing that they're really trying to sell. So, you know, once you have that funnel built out in that first product, get yourself on podcasts, get yourself featured in press features, do, you know, reach out to potential collaborators where you guys can swap lead magnets. Like that's one of my favorite ways to grow your list is if I reach out to someone who I know we have the same target market, but we offer complementary products. So we're not competitors, we're complementary to each other. And I know my audience would appreciate their stuff and their audience would appreciate my stuff. Well, let's connect and do a lead magnet swap where we talk about each other's lead magnet on our list, on our social media and share our audiences. That can be a great free way of growing your list and getting more people through your funnel. And an example of that, which Gemma, you and I have to talk about, would be Gemma is a passive income expert. I would be a podcast conversion expert. So right there, it's like I would talk to my people about, hey, you want to learn how to passive income? Here's Gemma. Whereas you could say to your people, great, you want to do passive income. How about a podcast to go with it? Here's Andrea. Exactly. Right. And there are so, no matter what your subject matter, who, who your target market is, there are going to be a ton of potential partners out there for you to do that with. And I really recommend creating some sort of, you know, Google doc or Excel sheet or something and keep a running list of those partners and block off half an hour every Friday just to send out a pitch or a couple pitches, you know, once you start getting in the habit of doing that, it's going to feel a lot easier. It can feel really scary to put yourself out there. Uh, but once you're in the habit of doing it, and once you really land that first one, it really motivates you to keep going because it really is the best way to grow your business fast is to have collaborations with other people. Make the stuff and then just focus on getting more eyes on it. Absolutely. Um, so, if you're, let's say, on Fridays setting aside some blocks of time to you know, pitch some people on why you guys should collaborate and other types of uh, things you have going on, what is your week like now? Like, What does your life look like now? I know I asked you this before, like, how would you compare it? But I know self-care is a big part of your week now. You have more time. But then what time do you dedicate to your business? What does it look yeah. like? So I think there like, let's just lay it out on the table. There can be a bit of a myth that you like create an online course and then you suddenly have these like $30,000 months and you can just sit on a beach drinking margaritas all the time and not do anything on your business. That sounds great. I'm not saying that there are no margaritas on the beach, but <laughs> there's, there's still work involved, right? We're still running a business. There's still stuff that needs to happen. So 
for me, what I've done is I have, you know, I have dedicated work hours every single day. So both of my kids now, I used to do the nap time hustle. So like I only worked during nap times. That was my, those were my work hours. Now both of my kids are in, you know, whether it's school or my son's out of preschool. I have time in my day now by myself. And so those are my work hours every day. What I do, one of the big tips is to, I actually turn off my social media when I'm working or like I turn off my phone. So yes, it's important to be visible, get on Instagram stories, do the things that are going to build an audience, but set aside a really specific amount of time to do that and then put your phone down and don't be scrolling. Don't be watching everybody else's stories. And you know, it's important to have some engagement, but don't get sucked into that too much because you need to have a really clear priority list of what you need to be working on to move your business forward. So for me, that are, that is things like, you know, serving my students. I'm really active in our community and serving them the best way I can and providing them more and more value every single week. I, you know, I'm, I still, like I send out regular newsletters to my list. I nurture those relationships with those people. I'm pitching to be on podcasts, to get more visibility, to get more people to know about my business. So there's lots of things that I'm doing every single week, even though the sales part of my business is sort of running in the background. And even though the sales are running in the background, I still do some live launching um, because I think it can be really valuable to have this kind of automated sales system all year long, but then open the door sort of publicly to your course or your membership or whatever it looks like once or twice a year. And so you, you know, I, I like to use that kind of model. Um, and I like to batch my work as much as possible. And I would say the sooner you can hire a VA in your business, a virtual assistant to kind of take some of the more, um, repetitive tasks off your plate, the better. Cause then you're freeing up yourself to work on those more high level, more creative projects, which are going to push your business forward. So for me, it's just about having dedicated work hours in my day, turning my social media off when I do have those hours. And I really don't work like as soon as I, you know, I leave my desk around three, I prep some dinner stuff. I go pick up the kids and I'm on mom mode, you know, from then on in my day. And in terms of self-care, I know, Andrew, you've heard me talk about this before, but I have in my calendar, mm-hmm. blocked off like self-care time every Friday. And so I call it self-care Fridays. It doesn't mean I don't do any work on Fridays. I do do some, I check in with stuff, but I have to like make the time to put myself first as an entrepreneur and as a mom, it can be really, really hard to run your, I mean, it can be really, really easy to run yourself in the ground, into the ground. So to have, you know, make the appointment, go get a pedicure, go on a walk, listen to a podcast, like whatever you need to do that makes you feel good, block off the time in your calendar. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes such a big difference when it comes to running your, your own business because it can be so overwhelming at first. It's such a, you know that it's all on you to get it, to get it going. So you can be a little tough on yourself. So taking that time to, you know, just sort of like decompress, leave your phone at home, go for the walk. There's one thing that I wanted to mention is that you seem to have streamlined your business so well that I can just like, now that I know you a bit better, I can just tell how efficient you are. For instance, I've been seeing you on Instagram stories lately and it's like you you sort of do a check-in almost every day, but I realize that 
she's probably just being really smart about it. And she's probably has a thing in her calendar. (laughs) Take this 10 minutes and say something. It doesn't have to be perfect. And then don't worry about it for the rest of the day. Is that, is that true? You figured me out. <laughs> and I, but it's so, but it's so good because we all have this impression that it's like things have to be perfect. And, and I'm not saying your videos don't look great. They look great, but you're just like, you're in the kitchen with your kids or you're like, Hey, this is what's going on today. And it's so effective and you're so consistent with it. I think, so the, you've mentioned like two things. One is being really real and raw and not worrying about perfection. And I like, all those sayings, like done is better than perfect. Just put yourself out there, do the thing that feels hard, you know, get visible. And then secondly, be consistent about it. The more in anything to do with business, the more you can be consistent, the more you're going to have success. And I think the part of the problem is that people do those things, they get visible, they, they're trying to be consistent. They don't see the results they want right away. And then they fall off, right? Like they're, they, they, figure it's a, they're a failure and then they move on to the next thing. When in actual fact, if they had just continued to push through that discomfort and continue to be consistent for just a little bit longer, they would get there. There's like always this hump in this hurdle. And so, yeah, it really is. You're right. I do. I do just take, I, I have that kind of time in my day set aside 10 minutes to be visible and in, on Instagram stories and three times a week this is a newer goal of mine, but three times a week, I try and hop on Facebook live at the same, essentially at the same time, talking about the same thing that I've just talked about on Instagram stories, but I'm putting it on Facebook on a second platform to again, nurture my audience there and, you know, ultimately get them on my email list too. Like that's what I'm always trying to do. Um, that's the sort of the ultimate goal is to, is to get those people on my list. And I said to myself, like, okay, if I, what would happen? And you can say this to yourself. What would happen if I went on Instagram stories every single morning, Monday to Friday for the next six months? Like what would happen to my business if I did that? I think a lot could happen to your business if you did that, if you set aside the time to do it. So it's just making a commitment to yourself and and sticking with it. How, and this is my last question before you tell us how people can work with you, but how do you do all of this without feeling salesy? Because I have my followers, let's say on my personal Instagram, and they have followed me for something completely different than what my career looks like now. So I say to myself, well, do I need to grow a whole different Instagram following that makes sense for what I want to talk about now? Um, And then when I talk about it, and my friends from high school or whoever see me trying to sell this product, how do I do it without them being like, oh, have you seen Andrea? Have you seen what she's trying to do lately? I mean, this must be such a common concern of people's. Absolutely. And I've had this same struggle when I've shifted, I've pivoted in my business and who I'm sort of talking to and what my subject matter is about. And I think you just can't the most dangerous thing is to get too in your head about it. And I think you need to just put those fears aside and, and really instead, you know, this sound, might sound like a little cheesy, but speak to yourself with really like positive affirmations about the fact that, you know, people are really going to benefit from what you have to offer. And it would be doing a disservice to people 
by not talking about it and sharing about it and selling it because you know the value in the in whatever it is that you're selling. And the other thing about feeling salesy is that you can do sales in a way that doesn't come across like you're trying to sell a used car. Like I'm never on Instagram asking for the sale. I'm on Instagram or Facebook or in my emails or whatever it is providing value. And the more you lead with value, people will connect with you and trust you and then see almost like seek out whatever it is that you're offering. And so for, for instance, this applies to like your sales funnel. You always start with value and really build up that trust. And it's not until later in your email funnel that you're saying, and hey, here's my product that's really going to help you transform in this area of your life or really going to provide the result you're looking for, the solution you're looking for, and then ask for the sale. So I think as long as you come come with from a place of value, it kind of, you don't get that salesy feeling. And I, yeah, I think just um, forget that those high school friends are on there. And, <laughs> and in reality, they're probably thinking, oh my gosh, look at her. That's amazing. She's like making her dreams happen by getting out there and doing this amazing thing. And it'll probably encourage them to do something similar. Like I have this, one of my most wonderful friends, she had had gone down this path of, she's a professor at a university. She's got her PhD, all this kind of stuff and had this sort of passion on the side and me doing what I'm doing really encouraged her to go out and try something similar. So, you know, you never know who it's going to inspire. How's it working out for her? Really well. She's like super seeing so much success. Ah, I love it. Okay. So, Uh, I could just talk to you for hours and hours, but how can people work with you? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that want to know more or they felt a little overwhelmed with some of the stuff we were talking about and they need some clarity. Totally. So you can head on over to GemmaBottomCarter.com. That's my website. You'll find uh, blog posts. We're launching a podcast that Andrea has been helping us with. So we've got lots of uh, great resources and tips and stuff there. The membership that I was mentioning during our interview is the Passive Project membership. And this is geared specifically toward digital product sellers. So people who sell online courses, memberships, or any other kind of digital product. And we cover a lot in there, but the main thing is this idea of how to create a system for getting sales. And as you know, I'm obsessed with email marketing and creating funnels. So that is really kind of this, what we deep dive into inside of that membership. And it's sort of a membership meets online course meets mastermind community. It's an incredible group of people in there right now. So the best thing to do, and I will give you the link to this for the show notes is to grab those funnel blueprints that I was mentioning. Even if you're not ready to, to create a funnel yet, it's going to help you if you're in the process of like creating your first digital product, just understanding about what the funnel will look like in order to sell it is going to be helpful for you from sort of moment one. So it's going to help you visualize all those pieces and how they work together. So I'll, I'll give you the link on how to grab that. It's a free guide uh, with tons of good info in there. And once you grab that, then I will follow up with more info about the membership. 
Amazing. And I'm going to have links to that in the show notes. And also Gemma's podcast is out now. So what is it called? So people can find it. It is the Passive Project Podcast. A lot of P's in there. And we are talking all things passive income, entrepreneurship, and that balance with motherhood. The triple P. Love it. (laughs) Gemma, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Sounds pretty good, right? Just go to the beach this summer, be bringing in those dollar dollars while you're eating potato chips in the sunshine. Oh. So if you want any of those links that Gemma was talking about, check them out in the show notes. That's where you can also find the info to uh, follow along with the Mindful Mostly gang on Instagram at Mindful Mostly. And uh, hey, I hope your summer's going great. I will talk to you next time, okay? Right here on Mindful Mostly. Mostly.